0: Whispering Whispering. Streets. And here is Betty Davis.
1: Hello. Time to retire. Feet moving more and more slowly along the whispering street called life. Time to retire. Time to give up the job you love. Time to fold your hands to live in enforced idleness. Dr. Adam Kingsley had reached that age. Adam Kingsley, DD. The time had come for him to give up his pastorate, to stop making calls of friendship and sympathy. No more would he preach wedding services and funeral services. No longer would he baptize little children. As he walked slowly down the street that summer morning, his head was bent. He raised it with a start when he heard his name spoken. Well, Dr. Kingsley,
2: you're literally lost in thought.
3: Oh, I'm lost, period. Well, we'll let it go at that, Miss Evans. Uh, tell me, how's the most glamorous lady in my parish, <laughs> huh? When you say that, lower your voice. Your parish is full of
2: overflowing with glamour girls. I'm a actress. I stick to my original statement, Miss Evans. Well, you're a brave man.
3: Yeah, only wish I were.
2: Uh, may I walk along with you? A block or two? You were going in the other direction, Dr. Kingsley.
3: Oh, I wasn't going in any special direction. I'm just out for a walk. I, uh, dropped in on our church floor yesterday. They occupy two floors in the great office building. Yes, had a long talk with the chairman of the board. His, his father was a colleague of mine. Really? He died before the time came for his retirement. Well, this is my last month, Miss Evans, from the church. Well, I didn't know.
2: You'll be missed desperately. Everybody loves you, Doctor Kingsley.
3: Well, and I love everybody. You know, I've been here a long while. Yes seems strange to move away. Oh, but you'll stay here, won't you, Dr. Kingsley, in the neighborhood? Oh, I won't have anywhere to stay, Miss Evans. I, I can't afford to live in a boarding house. I've uh, never made great sums of money, and I've, <laughs> I, I've never saved very much. Money slips through your fingers. You you give away everything you get. Well, as the good book says, lay up treasure in heaven where neither moth nor dust will corrupt. Hmm. True, yet
2: Hmm. When the new minister came down to preach the guest sermon, he, he seemed very attractive. But he can't be a day over 25. Why, I feel like fool going good with my trouble.
3: This church needs an injection of youth, Miss Evans. And Edward Barrister has a good level head on his shoulders. <laughs> Lucky for him, he's married. or
2: All the women in the congregation would be after him. Have you met his wife?
3: No, he came down alone, you know. But, uh... He showed me a picture.
0: He?
3: Oh, <laughs> a lovely looking girl. They're going to be married six months. <laughs> Practically bride and groom.
2: <laughs> Played so many brides on the stage, but I never had a chance all the time to be one. Well, here we are at my house, Doctor Kingery. Won't you come in for a cup of coffee?
3: Oh, thanks. I've had three already. Coffee's my besetting sin, Miss Evans. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> well. Good day to you, and if Mr. Baxter asks you to do a benefit for him... I'll do it, of course, but I'd much
2: prefer doing benefits for you, Reverend. <laughs> well, good day to you. Good luck.
1: The old man waited until the door had closed behind Jennifer Evans. and Then he went on down the street, walking aimlessly. He'd walk aimlessly from now on, he told himself. Even Miss Evans wasn't aware of his problem. Like the other church members, she assumed that he had someone to whom he could turn. He thought of the place that would be his final refuge. His almost final refuge. A home for retired ministers where old men sat in the slanting sunshine and dreamed of the past. He walked up the high steps of the parsonage stoop. He let himself in with his latchkey. Soon it wouldn't be his latchkey. And suddenly in memory he heard the voice of the young man who would take his place. And his own voice making suitable
4: replies. I feel so inadequate, Dr. Kingsley. So untried. Such an amateur. I'll never be able to fill your place, sir.
3: Oh, you fill it so well, Mr. Barrister, that the town will soon forget me.
4: I don't make any denials.
3: It's a solemn truth. Well, best to be forgotten when you're old. Life must go on, youth must be served.
0: just a moment, Betty Davis will be back again. But first...
5: Career servicemen can now plan on two retirement checks when they retire at age 65. That's because military service now counts toward both military retirement and Social Security retirement. Social Security can mean more peace of mind as well as better retirement for the serviceman. Now that he's under Social Security, there's better family protection for the serviceman... Protection in the form of regular monthly checks to his widow and children in the event of his death. That's why your Social Security card is your key to three-way insurance protection for both you and your family. It's an extra retirement check at age 65. Or a benefit check, payable at age 50 if you become disabled. Or if you die, there'll be money for your widow and children. Your service library or reading room has pamphlets on hand to give you complete details on the Social Security program. Have you investigated your Social Security benefits? And
0: now, back to our story with Betty Davis.
1: The day came at last when Dr. Kingsley... Stood in the hallway, his shabby valises beside him, and waited for the coming of the new pastor and his bride. When he saw them walking toward the house, he backed hurriedly into the study. The young man would want to carry his bride over the threshold and kiss her. When a decent interval had elapsed, he coughed. And
0: Doctor Kingsley, it's good to
4: see you, sir. And this is Mrs. Barrister. Well, well, well.
3: You're as pretty as your picture, Mrs. Barrister.
6: Thank you, Dr. Kingsley. I liked this street as we drove down it. I loved this house at first sight.
3: You love it more and more as time goes on. It's a good house, firmly built.
6: It's a house built for love and happiness. Edward and I are going to be very happy here.
3: I'm sure of it. Well, this is hello and goodbye, I'm afraid.
4: I'm on my way. But where are you going, sir? Uh, What's your next step?
3: Well, uh, I think I'll visit a friend for a week or so. I have a vacation coming to me, and, and the church board will make other arrangements.
6: You have a home to go to?
3: Oh, a delightful, home, Mrs. Barrister. It's filled overflowing with ministers, <laughs> all of whom are as old as I am. Oh, we'll quarrel the hours away, you know, swapping doctrines and theories but and... Uh... I... Oh, you see, I... I haven't any of kin, and I'm utterly without close ties. My wife died when my son was born, and my son was killed during the Second World War. He, he was a chaplain. Unfortunately, I myself was an only child, so I've neither brothers nor sisters. But that's why it's so uh, pleasant to think of going to a crowded place, you see.
6: But... But we're terribly disappointed, aren't we, Edward?
4: Oh, I'll say.
6: Edward and I were hoping you'd stay on with us for a while, Dr. Kingsley. We know nothing about the church and its people. If you were here, you'd help us keep from making a million ghastly mistakes.
4: Well, I heard you preach one sermon, Dr. Kingsley. It was filled to the brim with loving kindness and humanity. If you could teach me to put that same thing into my sermons...
3: I heard you preach one sermon, my boy. It had gym-like
4: quality. <laughs> As I understand it, jewels are rather hard and cold. I never had much experience with them, of course, but... Well, to my mind, a, a sermon should be warm and throbbing and... Esther.
6: Uh... I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be such a baby, but we counted so on having you stay with us, Dr. Kingsley. For a month at least.
3: Well, not if you feel that way, of course... Oh dear, dear Missus Barrister, don't cry. The angels weep whenever a pretty woman cries.
6: I'm no angel, but but I'm weeping for the congregation, for myself, and for Edward. Carry bags upstairs, Edward, and put them back into his own room.
1: fearfully, Dr. Kingsley unpacked his shabby black clothes and hung them in the accustomed closet. And then, kneeling beside his bed, he said a word of thanks to the Almighty.
3: I realize, Father in Heaven, that it's only staving off the inevitable. But a ticket of leave is a pearl beyond price. You put it into their hearts, God. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart.
1: Amen. When a month had gone by and the days had wings, Dr. Kingsley broached the subject of leaving. He and Edward and Esther Barrister were at the breakfast table.
3: Well, <clears throat> my time's up, children. Your time is up? you asked me to stay for a month, and it's a month to the day since you entered the doors of this parsonage.
4: Well, if I remember rightly, my wife said a month at least. You must take that at least into consideration, sir.
3: Well, how does one measure out an at least? If I say
6: what I'm thinking, I'll sound very selfish.
3: Well, you have the selfish bone in your body, my dear. See, tell me what you're
6: thinking. Well, at least means until we no longer need you. You've done so much around here. Helped me hang curtains and put paper on the shelves. Oh. You've showed me how to mulch the rose bushes. Why, you even showed me a trick way of making applesauce.
4: <laughs> and but for you, my sermons would have been a series of hollow shells. You breathed a breath of life into them, Dr. Kingsley.
3: Well, I'll admit to the curtains of the applesauce. <clears throat> but don't tell me that I wrote your sermons for you, young man be it for me to accuse one of his disciples of living... Well, you you
4: didn't write the sermons for me, sir, but you you felt them for me. And that's the important thing. I wonder if you'll mind coming into the study with me right after breakfast. I, I want to say something about the way in which Christ's influence touched so many people at the time of his ministry. After all, he lived in a country that had few means of transportation and fewer methods of communication... And yet his gospel spread and spread.
3: This learned I from the shadow of a leaf that to and fro did dance upon a wall. Our shadow cells, our influence, may fall
4: where we can never be. That's exactly what I mean. Right after breakfast, come into the study and we'll, we'll work that into a paragraph. Another muffin, Doctor?
3: No, I'll settle for another cup of your wife's excellent coffee. <clears throat> coffee is my uh, besetting sin, you know.
4: As if you had
6: any sins, you darling. You don't know the meaning of the word.
1: One night late, after Dr. Kingsley had gone to bed, young Edward Barrister and his wife sat on the sofa together, and watch the flames flickering low in their fireplace.
4: I was scared, Esther, this afternoon when I, when I went into that house of death and had to say the right words.
6: But you said them, dear. I know you said them.
4: Tired eyes begging me for a message. Tired hands reaching out for me.
6: Too bad Dr. Kingsley had a cold or he'd have gone with you. He didn't know the right thing to say.
4: He always knows the right thing to say. He's a tower of strength.
6: He's all of that.
4: And yet, there's only one thing that worries me.
6: What's that, darling?
4: Is he too much of a tower? Does he stand behind me too solidly, Esther? For my own sake, my future, do I depend on him too completely?
0: In just a moment, Betty Davis will be back. Want to learn Tamil, Hindustani?
7: They are the languages spoken in southern and northern India. Marine Corps Sergeant Hubert R. Turpin learned them. And because he did, he won himself a wife and a job as a right-hand man to a Maharaja. The wife he has now. The job will come after his 20-year Marine tour expires. Sergeant Turpin learned the languages while he was with the security guard at the American consulate in Madras, India. He parlayed the language with spare liberty and a motorcycle to promote himself as representative of his country. In one town, which was a frequent stop-off, was a girl, Jean Florence Allen, daughter of Anglo-Indian and Irish parents. In 21 months, he married her. The Maharaja? Sergeant Turpin formed a fast friendship with Ramaswamy Chaitana, one of India's wealthiest men. He offered the Marine a job as overseer on his plantations. When he retires from the Marine Corps at 37... Sergeant Turpin plans to accept the Maharaja's offer. As the sergeant put it, you're a representative of your country while serving abroad. The important thing is the kind of person you are, what you say and do. In other words, Sergeant Turpin is saying, you are an American. As you go, so goes America. America.
0: to our story with Betty Davis.
1: Esther snuggled back against her husband's shoulder. He bent over and kissed the soft bang that curled on her forehead. All of the young girls in the congregation were copying that bang. They weren't aware of the faint rustle on the stairs, and if they heard the echo of a sigh, they thought it was a sudden puff of smoke going up the chimney or the night wind crying beyond the windows. They didn't know that a tired old man was retracing his steps up the stairs, that he was talking inwardly as he went.
3: If I hadn't had a sudden longing for a glass of milk, I'd never have known how Edward was feeling. I'd have gone on and on, accepting their hospitality, placating myself with the thought that they needed me when they don't need me. I must take the bull by the horns and at once... Thank you, God, for this blessed interview. This put a growing period to a life of service.
1: An old man repacking his suitcases until long past midnight. Dr. Kingsley was so tired that he was almost unable to sleep. He didn't know how gaunt, how infinitely old his face looked the next morning when he appeared at the breakfast table. Esther glanced at him, and her face grew worried. And after the blessing had been
3: said...
6: Dr. Kingsley, what is it? Don't you feel
3: well? I feel
0: fine. Never better.
3: Well, last night, children, I came to a great decision. Such as? I decided that I must move on.
6: You mean to the... the home?
3: That's what I mean, my dear. I want companionship of my own age. I want uh, people who understand me. But
6: youth turns
3: to youth, that's true, but age also turns to age. It's uh, something of a personal sacrifice for me to stay on. I look forward to resting, and uh, oh, for the sake of your future, Edward, you—you must depend on no one as completely as you depended on me. I've—I've—I've I've, I've stood behind you too
4: solidly. You stood behind me. Too solidly. I'm afraid so. Well,
3: but... I'm God. sure you understand.
6: I understand. Perfectly.
3: Then he'll, uh, put those stones in the way of my leaving. I'm sure of that.
1: From beneath long lashes that were just a trifle voice, Esther Barrister shot a glance at her husband he caught the glance and translated it correctly. He knew what she was planning before ever she spoke.
6: It's odd that you should say what you just said, Dr. Kingsley, about standing behind Edward too solidly, about his depending on you too completely. You might almost have been listening to us last night. But you'd been in bed a couple of hours when Edward said those very words, so you couldn't have been listening. I couldn't have been. uh, Because if you had been, you'd have heard what I said to my husband in reply. What did I say, Edward? Be sure that you tell him word for word.
4: Very well, dear. Sometimes I think that it's Esther who went through theological seminary instead of yours truly, Dr. Kingsley. Sometimes I think she'd make a better preacher than I'll ever make. Well, this is what she said. The Father in Heaven stands behind you solidly, Edward, and you can't depend on Him too completely. Well, you must think of Dr. Kingsley as our Father on Earth who has done his master's work for so long that he's attained a wisdom and a glory that we young people need. I'm... I'm deeply touched... Edward but... hadn't
6: finished, Dr. Kingsley. Tell him what you said in answer to me, Edward.
4: I said, amen.
6: Of course, if we really bore you, Doctor, we won't beg you to stay with us indefinitely. Of course, if you're anxious to get away, we... we'll we take it on the chin, won't we, Edward? we will
4: grin and bear it somehow. Certainly we won't stand in the way if you're leaving.
6: But if you do stay, you'll see that you have more rest and more comfort. More rest and more comfort than I've had.
3: Why, my dear Giles, this has been the sweetest time of my life. I, oh, I, I didn't mean to say that.
6: I know you didn't, you old faker. <laughs> you were listening, weren't you? Well, only to a point.
4: Well, let's repeat you a lesson, sir. An eavesdropper should never stop in the middle of his eavesdropping. He should eavesdrop on to the bitter end. Let's say, uh, to the sweet end. <laughs> well, have it your own way, sir. <laughs> uh, cinnamon toast this morning, Dr. Kingsley? At least that's what Esker tells me we're having instead of the usual hot bread.
3: Well, you can pretty well depend, but on what your wife tells you. Cinnamon toast later, my boy. Several slices of it. The first cup of is excellent coffee. It's my, uh, besetting sin.
1: of wisdom that have been learned in the school of experience. Well, let's return to the beginning of this story and to the pleasant conversation Dr. Kingsley had with a member of his parish, that fine emotional actress, Jennifer Evans. Jennifer Evans was middle-aged, but her popularity had never waned. In fact, she had almost too much popularity. That's why she wanted to get away from it. Betty Davis. How does a woman who's recognized wherever she goes get away from her public for two days a week every week? How can a prominent actress enjoy a private life of her own? Until then, this is Betty Davis saying goodbye from the whispering street.
0: Today's program was written by Margaret E. Sankster. Featured in the cast were Dolores Tatum, Betty Lou Gerson, Victor Rodman, and Ken Peters. Whispering Streets was directed by Gordon T. Hughes and produced by Ted Lloyd. Your announcer is Dan Cumberley. Whispering
7: Streets has come to you through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.